Welcome to Faith Forum. Uh, we're excited today to talk about faith in the marketplace, uh, the connection between our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, what happens either through being an entrepreneur or... I'm here with Toby Bouch, who is the owner and founder of Toby's Pawn. And uh, Toby has helped tremendously with the church plant here at Riverstone and been um, in the intricate details from the, from the get-go. And so I thought it'd be good to talk with him some about that, but also about how his faith impacts decisions that uh, he makes in the marketplace. And so, Toby, thanks for joining us today. And, thanks for asking. Uh, excited about what the Lord may uh, lead us to talk about. So maybe uh, start out by sharing a little bit about your background, a little bit about how you got into business, what that looks like, and sure. maybe even how your relationship with the Lord impacts uh, what uh, you're doing today. Right, right. Yep. Um, so I've been in business uh, for myself. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't very creative. I couldn't think of anything better, so I just named it after me. But um, that's been good. That's been good for the long term. Yeah. So um, 10 years uh, ago, uh, out of work and wow. trying to decide what to do, I visited my, uh, my old pastor in Tennessee <laughs> and, uh, and sat across, it was you, obviously, yeah. and uh, sat across from your father-in-law and, and, and asked him, hey, hey, Dwayne, and I knew him as a man of faith and a, a strong man of faith. And I said, Dwayne, tell me about this. You were a pawnbroker? And that's where it all started. Because um, I thought, wow, this man of faith, you know, he had this career in an industry that is not necessarily usually um, paired with faith. Yeah, right? so, so how did you initially think about? I don't, I, I don't want to, I want to follow yeah. that story. But how did you initially think about that in terms of your faith and kind of what is the traditional perception of a pawnbroker? Um, well, it, it's funny because pawn is, and I don't know if it's from movies or, or just uh, pawns actually three thousand years old. The whole concept of pawn of leveraging my goods to borrow money. Huh. Um, with interest, right? And then banks just kind of perfected it and made it cleaner and neater and nicer and and with less stigma, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really banking. Pawn. pawn is banking. It's it's using collateral to borrow money. But somehow over the years, through the course of history, that has been stigmatized. And so, um, um, and I, I apologize, I probably veered off from what, no. the question you asked, but um, that doesn't, you don't typically think about pawn and Christians. Hmm. Right. You, there's there's certain there's certain industries that that people think are um, are just um, unclean. Yeah. You know, it's an unclean Take industry. advantage of people. Like, yeah. And, know, and well, like that's that. the perception. And maybe that's even the reality <clears throat> hmm. because it's become the perception. Maybe it's become the reality. And I'm not sure which one's cause or effect, but um, people do take advantage in, in my industry, just like they do banking. Yeah. Right? Just like they do in the church. Just, times, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just that that's been it's it's been stigmatized over the years. And so and then when I come to Dwayne and I say, hey, tell me about that. Um, it was um, it was surprising to hear a Christian's perspective hmm. on an industry like pawn, yeah. and uh, and so it really it really intrigued me, and I thought, wow, not only is it a good business model um, with you know with real true growth potential and and, and profit, um, it's something that in, and he really kind of keyed in when I talked to him. 
you can really touch people's lives. You can mm. really impact people for good. You can you're you're constantly meeting people um, in a way that they have usually have a need. Mm. Um, sometimes people are broken, you know, mm. and so that's a that's a really good opportunity for a Christian. That's great. Yeah. So you uh, you got the idea. You started right. out. Uh, right. How did things go when you started? Um, good. It was, you know, it's, it's been a growing experience. I, I, I have been in other businesses before. I've been in other careers before. Um, but this was totally new. I mean, it, I had been, actually had come out of sales. So the idea of selling myself or understanding a value proposition and mm. how, I, how I lay that out in front of someone, that was, that was something I had. I kind of understood that concept. And that actually goes into, when you talk about church planting or growth or, yeah. or how we reach into the, into the community, that understanding of value proposition and, and what I have to offer you and what your need is, like truly understanding your need yeah. um, and then how I can help, um, that really helped. So when I came into it from sales um, and, and, and being able to market myself to the community about what I can do to help, um, it, the biggest thing that I got that, that would help me grow, it's, it's funny, and I have no idea how this happened other than a God thing, is people would come to me and they say, I saw your advertisement and you seem just, you just really seem very genuine. Hmm. And I think, you know, it's TV people, you're watching a commercial. I mean, yeah. I, I could be totally bamboozling <laughs> you. Um, but no, over the years, people when, in my advertising, they say, you just come across as really genuine, so that's why I came in. And I think that's only I, that has to be God kind of going through the camera yeah, and sure. saying to people, okay, yeah, you can trust this guy. Yeah. Um, and, and that has been, so starting out, um, it was really starting with nothing. Opening the door, I remember that first day, opening the doors thinking, what in the world am I doing? Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and praying over <laughs> every morning, praying, God, just don't help me not to mess up. Well, that, that points, yeah, so the, so the question there would be, were you consciously aware in the beginning of you know that that this is something that you know I'm a person of faith and I mm. want to see my faith worked out in my business was that something that kind of you thought about or was kind of at least in the forefront as you were planning your business and you began to open in yeah. the first few years I intentionally put scripture on my wall mm. before I opened the door the first day yeah. and the reason why I did that was not only to just I didn't want to be one of those people that just hey I'm gonna use this this God thing yeah. to make people think that I'm okay Right, um, and so I put scripture on my wall in the shop just to keep myself accountable. Mm. Um, I, I wanted people to come in and say, not just say, "Oh, wow, that's really cool," um, but to say, "Wait, you hold yourself to a different standard," yeah. you know. And and then I have to hold myself to a different standard. Treat people Good with point. compassion and respect. Treat people fairly. Um, treat my employees fairly. And so having scripture on my wall keeps me accountable. Yeah. Right. Maybe, uh, do you, did you feel called to it? Like, maybe you haven't thought about that question before. But I felt but, called to prepare, to, to, to be able to feed my family. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I mean, I, it's funny because I, I, I recount that story with Dwayne many times. I mean, yeah. I've done it over the years so many times yeah. um, with your father-in-law. Um, and and that, that, was, that was totally God's leading. I mean, we, we came to your house because I was unemployed. You know, yeah. I was unemployed and yeah. I was thinking, what do I do next? I had some ideas, but not really any great ones, and 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 then I just we were trusting God to give us in a direction, yeah. and that was it. And so you say, did I kind of come in a way that I can't remember the exact question? I apologize. About, um, call, did you sense a call? Feel called. Like, yeah. A call um, I I truly felt led to do something outside of 
it's funny because we I was with a company that a lot of people left. We we were acquired. Half of the people got let go, mm-hmm. and the, it's always a joke now. They're like, "Well, we went to a different software company. We stayed with this software company." Toby became a pawnbroker, <laughs> right? You know, Toby's way over here yeah. doing something totally different. And I didn't necessarily think that I wanted to do something crazy, um, but I was open that I wanted to do something different um, and I wanted to do something I knew God was calling me to something where I was dealing with people face to face I had some other ideas but they were all dealing with people face to face and and presenting a way I mean presenting a way that I can help you um, you have a need I can help which is you know from knowing you for several years which is a gifting of yours to be able to interact with people and like you said even on the television screen to make them feel comfortable right so right. and your slogan for toby's pawn is <laughs> people what people say it to me all the time <laughs> toby's changing pawn for good yeah i even it's funny someone in church says to, uh, uh riverstone changing church for good <laughs> and uh it's he's playing off my my logo but yeah. um or my uh, my my little catchphrase um no but that's that's Why is that tr- important to you because because of the stigma of pawn I do want and and I said you know one of the things that the way I talk about the early days of pawn and what I was doing reaching into the community it was missionary based and I don't mean that because of the gospel I mean that because I wanted to change how people view pawn right and maybe the church can really benefit from this and I think we are we are seeing that when we change the way people perceive what we're trying to do and, and really get to the heart of the matter, I think we can impact people because they maybe some of those stigmas and perceptions get kind of washed away. Mm. And so that was really my, that was my focus from the beginning was to, to say, okay, listen, you think you know what pawn is? You don't. Let me explain to you how I'm doing it differently. I'm changing what that means to you. Even if someone came in and, and they were doing it differently, I wanted actually to express it to people. I wanted to advertise it to people. I wanted them to come in, I wanted them to talk to me. Yeah. And, and then, and then leave saying, oh, wow, okay, it is being changed, you know, that, that so, uh, industry. So we've talked a couple of times just, you know, as I've come in your shop or um, just, you know, just conversations that we've had, even about what the space looks like. Mm-hmm. That's important to you. It Why is. is that important to you? Uh, you want people to feel, you want people to kind of, and this is, again, this is going to be a church thing too. You want people to kind of let their guard down. Because people, anytime, I mean, you think about it, people come into a doctor's office, people come into a, um, an environment where um, they're going to have to interact with somebody, especially if they're coming with a need. Um, and, and, and a lot of the people, I do have people that come just to shop, but I have people that come with needs and they yeah. need a solution to that need. They already feel like they're coming vulnerable, you know? Mm. And you want, to, you want them to come in and feel like they can just kind of relax, let their guard down a little bit, and just be honest and open and so that's one of the things that's really important to me is when someone walks through the door I say hey how you doing today you know greet them because again when I did the research 10 years ago I, I went around other pawn shops and I was finding I walk in the door and they look at me like what are you doing here you know they don't say that but that's what the look that's I'm getting I'm thinking like, what yeah. in the world you know so that even and, and you see it on a Sunday morning here at Riverstone people walk in and the first thing you say to someone after they've visited for the first time they're like man people are so friendly yeah it's so people are people are greeting me I've never met them before that, that that's the same way in business it really needs to be if you want people to feel like they can feel at ease doing business with you they need to feel at ease with you hmm. right and so the first thing I smile and I say hey how you I remember there was so many that that first year of business just trying to form relationships with people. They come in the door and I, I probably talk their ear off because I just wanted people to feel at ease just being in my shop, yeah. right? 
but um, you know things being clean and neat and orderly and and things like that you know um, are also important but um, I don't know if that really intersects with with faith but well I think you know just like here at church you know we think about the space um, you know, this used to be a, a call center right, for, uh, for State Farm, yeah. but how often have we heard the statement, when I walk into the sanctuary space, I feel a sense of yeah, peace. Yeah, and yeah. I think part of that is, uh, obviously it's a spirit of the Lord right. that's there, but, but it's also creating an atmosphere or a space where people can receive what the Lord wants to do and what the Lord is doing. Now, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking about so many similarities between uh, Pawn your business uh, industry and the church, you know, because how that's, often do people come? To, it's I kind know. of scary. Isn't it? <laughs> I need to write a book. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, but um, uh, you think people coming to the church oftentimes vulnerable? Yeah. Um, often, what you said, you know, sometimes uh, we've probably all had the experience of visiting a church and going and nobody greets us, nobody says yeah. anything, nobody, you know. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of principles there that seem to uh, overlap from. Uh, good solid business principles that are also what I would say is, is biblical principles treating others the way yeah. you want to want to be treated um, I think in the Bible we there are several um, several individuals that were business people you know Paul was a businessman and yep. anyways he was yep. a tent maker uh, we see Lydia and the New Testament was uh, a seller of purple and she helped to support uh, the mission of the gospel through right. uh, what she was doing and so uh, fast forward to you know, the last couple of years as uh, Riverstone was trying to get off the ground. Um, how has your, uh, and we understand there's a lot of other people that are, play a role yeah, in helping, I didn't play you know, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and so there's a lot of people we could have very similar conversations Don't start with. that rumor that a pawnbroker started this church. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, but as you know, for your role and your part, yeah. that uh, you have helped to play both as part of the board and the leadership team. Right. You know what are what are some areas that you've seen as of, of overlap? Maybe even some areas that you were surprised at that uh, that were overlap for how you have have been able to to help here in the in the church. One thing I would say it's been a blessing to have a pawnbroker as uh, <laughs> <laughs> for equipment and things for a like church that. Because uh, they have all kinds of equipment. The yeah, church yeah, can yeah. Use. that's been good. That's uh, been good. So, but uh, that yeah. overlap, I think a lot of it has been just, and I don't want to, I don't want to over spiritualize pawn, and I don't want to over materialize church. Yeah. But there are a lot of inter. I mean, there really truly are. I mean, if we're doing if we're doing business right and we're doing church right, there should be. Yeah. There should be um, it, some some definite overlaps or things or principles, guiding principles that are common to the yeah. two, um, is where you're placed. Where I mean, where God places you, and and it's funny because I think about the. I, I always say to my wife, I say, you know, I look back and think about the places, the locations, geographic locations where I once thought, oh, I should open my shop there, and then it happened to open over here instead. And it just happened, right? Mm. Um, and then I think, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't open there. Because yeah. I don't know how I would have touched the community that really helped me build myself right. from the beginning. Um, and so geographic location is important, like where you are and then how you reach out into your community. The other things that are really important to me is how I, how I, I get people's attention and what I say to them. Um, you know, advertising, what we say, and, and you know, it's, 
I don't want it to sound carnal that we advertise church, but but people are waiting to hear what we have to offer. Yeah. Right. Um, we were talking this morning in Bible study about you know God doesn't change. He he extends his mercies to us, and then he waits for us to respond. Hmm. Right. And so we need to we need to be in a community and 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 we need to be able to to um, to convey to people the value of salvation. Right. And so, um, and I don't mean to get too far off course there, but you know, geographic location, where we are, how we reach into the community, the message we, what we say, how we say it. Yeah. Um, we don't want to say, we don't want to think this, but the same kind of stigma that Pond has, a lot of, a lot of people have that, it, things have changed. It's not the 50s or the 60s, yeah. and the Christian church is not perceived the same way mm -hmm. it was in the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. There is a stigma related to, yeah. can be, yeah. especially in an academic community like Charlottesville. Yeah. And so the, what we say and how we say it and how we then um, receive people makes a difference. Yeah. And so I've, I've kind of, I've had to learn that with, with, with business as well. Yeah. You know, when you talked about first starting out and you kind of, uh, you had to share how you were doing Pawn differently. You know, this was a different way from what mm -hmm. most people either had a perception of or maybe what they had participated in. Uh, before, as you were thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, you really had to be an evangelist for a new style of right. poem. Right. And, yeah, uh, you know, that, that, that really, and, and I'm not, I don't think I'm, you know, stretching, stretching it to make the correlation here, but as, uh, as believers, you know, that's essentially what evangelism is. It's going out and telling the story in order that people would understand what it really means to be part of, uh, of a body of believers to mm -hmm. come and be a part. And then when they come and be a part, right. you know, experience that maybe something that's different from what their previous experience was. Yeah. Because we, you know, in reality, there are those who have been yes. wounded by the church in the yep. past or yep. whatever and have this perception. Uh, but a, a true Bible-believing church is going to be a place where there is this love and acceptance of, of someone. Uh, again, not, not meaning acceptance in terms of, you know, sin and letting it go, but right. acceptance of someone as being an image bearer of God and we're going to love you because you're an image bearer. Right. Uh, and I, that's a principle that, you know, again, as I've heard you talk and things that I really see um, come out of how you treat people. Uh, you know, maybe you don't, maybe that's not consciously what's in the front of your mind, but I think as a believer in Christ, it's what comes right. out, you know, that this Should, person is an right. image bearer of Christ, yeah. and I'm going to treat them in such a way yeah. uh, as I would want to be treated because they bear uh, the image of the Lord, so. Yep, and, and then what I've seen over the years is that has, to me, that has even shifted from, you know, in day one, I was employee number one, and I was the one and only, yeah. right? Um, and so now I'm not, I mean, my, my shops are open right now yeah. and, and thank the good Lord, he's giving me employees, great employees. And so right now from day one, I was, I was someone who I, I had to, to kind of be that evangelist to the customer. Right. Mm. I had to, to change perceptions to the customer and I had to make sure that I'm treating them with compassion and respect and the way that Jesus would would treat them. Um, now it's my employees more than the customers. I'm not I'm not customer facing every day, all day. I'm I'm dealing with my employees. I'm involved in their life and their marriages. And, you know, I, I see what's happening to them. And I now I'm I'm got to be I've got to be Christ to them. Um, mm -hmm. So that's translated to that as well. I, you know, I see that I see that in pastoral ministry as well. Um, uh, you know, 
as as a as you're a smaller church, you're dealing a lot individually with all of the people. Yeah. As a church grows, you're actually, you're interacting more with leaders, uh, and then those leaders are interacting with yeah, um, exactly. with the people around, and so you want and Jesus to did that. create a culture. I mean, yeah. Jesus did that. He, he, did. he was among the crowds, in the crowds. Yeah. You know, but where he really spent his time and attention, especially as his ministry matured, um, was with his disciples, who then he knew would be left without him. Yeah. And so, um, and I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but I'm saying that's that is a leadership. Sure. That's absolutely it's a absolutely principle. It, it absolutely yeah. is. And he had the twelve, and then the thirty. Right. You exactly. Know, he, there was a focus there. So. There have been uh, innumerable books written on church planting sure, and how sure. to plant a church and principles of church planting, all those things. I don't know that there's ever been uh, a book written on church planting by a pawnbroker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there will be. <laughs> but what, you know, from, <laughs> right. from your experience, uh, thinking through kind of maybe if, 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 if you were to look back over the last few years and say, hey, these are two or three principles that I think are important for um for churches that are starting up or people that are thinking about planning a church. These are some principles that I think are really important. I mean, I, I do think it's it's important for someone who's maybe kind of outside the church world. Sometimes we, uh, you know, we're so enculturated, like, you know, myself having primarily worked in churches my whole life, right. being educated in seminaries right. and stuff like that, you know, so I have a color of which I see things. But someone who maybe doesn't have that background, uh, but is just as much uh, aware of Scripture, involved in Scripture, involved in the church, may have some different ideas than a lot of uh, pastors or others who have written a lot of these yeah. books. So, what would you say, you know, from your perspective and thinking back over the last uh, couple of years, and particularly at the beginning, uh, in the startup of, of Riverstone, what are some things that you think these are some really important things yeah. that if you're thinking about starting a church that you really need to look at? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I think about, you know, how to kind of compare those two or, or kind of make them um, kind of learn from, from the, the, the business um, planting and church planting and learn from business planting, I would say some of the concepts that, that I, would, um, I would say definitely, definitely translate over are um, understanding the community and understanding the need. Um, you know, it's not, it's not only, it's not just, and you've been preaching about this the last few weeks too, it's not just the need for the gospel, mm -hmm. right? There are certain strongholds, there are certain things, there are certain community personalities um, that, I, I, so in the business world, we call it demographics, you know, not just, not just demographics like how old are people, um, are, what are their socioeconomic um, um, kind of characteristics, those type of things, but what are the things that kind of um, characterize this community? Mm -hmm. Um, how can I how can I present my business to this community in a way that that presents value to them? Hmm. You know, and and I don't like I said I don't want to over materialize the gospel or church, but truly, if you don't present value to someone, if I don't present value to a value proposition, this thing I learned in, in sales is I have to present a value proposition for hmm. you to even be interested in what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? Why am I relevant to you? Hmm. Right? And so, and I think, and the truth is, I think. Um, and maybe it's social media, I'm not sure what it is, but in recent years, people have become um, less and less tolerant of things that they would perceive as, as fluff 
and and um, the normal I kind of I guess maybe even the normal way that church has been done in the past hmm. is the people just want reality they want real yeah. they want real they want people to speak directly to them um, and so when I create when I present value to you I, I better do it in a way that that um, that you're gonna that you're gonna say oh okay this person's actually being real with me yeah. um, and so and that's what I do in my advertising and so how that would work with church planting would be make sure you know the community. You kind of understand the characteristics of the community, maybe even the strongholds of that community, mm. um, and and be able to to go into the community and speak real with them and say, okay, listen, here's here's what we have to offer. Now, truly, what we have to offer is Jesus. We have yeah. we have, uh, but why? Why am I interested in Jesus? Mm. Well, it's because you, one day you're going to die. Yeah. You know, I don't think the church says that very often mm. as a whole. I mean, yeah. we don't say it enough. Yeah, you're dying. Yeah. I've said it to my youth group, uh, the Bible study that I teach, and I say, I, I've said it on several occasions through the years, I got really bad news for you, I'm dying. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, and so are you. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what we have to offer people is eternal life, you know, mm. and that's like, that sounds really big and grandiose, but that's the truth, you know, um, we, we're offering an answer to the question every single person has to ask themselves. What happens when I leave this earth? Yeah, you know we have the answer, and so um, over the business side, you know I say to people, hey, uh, if you if you have a need for short-term cash or if you have a need for this, this, and this, I I have an answer for you. Yeah. You come in and we'll talk about it. And I think we have to present that same value proposition with the churches. Hey, listen, you're going to die one day, like it or not, COVID, no COVID, I don't care. One yeah. day you're going to die, and we we have the answer for good that, point. right? Yep. Um, so I don't know if that answers. Yeah, that. no, that, that's a that's a good good perspective because the church does have the answer, and I think uh, sometimes we fail to communicate that we have the answer. Um, yeah, and we don't really uh, say it as a value proposition, but it yeah. is. I mean, that's a value. Yeah. That's about the most valuable kind of thing that you can offer to somebody. Absolutely, right? that is Absolutely. the most valuable thing. Yeah. Um, so anything else that you think about, we'll, we'll close it out here, but anything else that you think would be important in terms of, uh, you know, connection between uh, the business world? Maybe there, maybe there are some people who are thinking about business, uh, who are believers, kind of how to, how to approach that uh, or how to approach, you know, for churches that are thinking of starting up. And they have, you know, sometimes pastors aren't as good at working with business leaders you know there's not there's yeah. certain expectations you know i know um for instance you know when it comes to church business meetings sometimes and uh you know we hand out these um uh, balance sheets and things like that you know business people tend to want more yeah. of that they want to see what's going on I, I've, I've had people say you know i want more i want more of those things right. because uh that's how i'm wired that's yeah. what i'm so you know i I think one of the things that we've really tried to do here is to be transparent uh, with uh, our congregation right. of uh, what's going on from the get-go uh, of everything because there are business people who know how to handle finances and know how to look at balance sheets we want to see. Now, I know that gets to the technical side of things uh, probably more so than what we would say is spiritual, but finances are spiritual. Yeah. God uses them for his kingdom to build his kingdom. and so. Um, you know, so I guess maybe what I'm getting at is kind of that understanding of how to how how to open a door or a gateway for business people to be comfortable to be involved in the ministry of the church. You know. 
Well, we and we've had this conversation many times. Is you know you don't want to necessarily treat church like a business, but you definitely want to take the things that you learn in business and use them in church if you right. can, if yeah. they if they relate. And so, um, and you and the other thing too is, um, you know, just like just like removing that stigma um, from from the world of pawn. I, I try to be as open as I can be with. Here's the process. Here's how we do it. And as I'm communicating with people, I'm being genuine with them. People want that in church too. They they want to see the yeah. numbers. Yeah. They don't want to feel like and because people um, for them uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people right now that don't trust church, hmm. right? Uh, there's people that don't trust healthcare right now. There's people that don't trust government yeah. right now. There's people that don't trust church leaders. Right. And so whatever we can do to be as open and transparent as possible, I think that'll go a long way to helping people say, oh, okay, this is someone that actually cares enough about me to speak truth to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I think that's a real key too, is caring enough, enough about people and not losing sight of people. Because that's one of the things that is a danger to business people, especially when I'm not dealing with customers every day. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes I can lose, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to focus more on my employees, but I can even lose sight of my employees mm-hmm. and their needs and being personal with them if I'm just focusing on numbers. And so there's absolutely, you know, kind of a holistic approach to church and as well as business is don't stop seeing people. Yeah. Don't stop seeing people, right, for what they are. Um, and that image bearer of God, you yeah. know. And so um, you don't get too focused on the numbers, but don't hide them, you mm. know. Be open and honest, and I think mm. that would go a long way. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, Toby Bouch, thank you uh, for joining us today. We are uh, looking forward to uh, future opportunities on Faith Forum and discussing things that impact us in our daily walk uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, Toby, thank you uh, you. for the discussion today, and we'll see you next time. Take. <laughs> I, I thought this is all gonna be one take. It's going to be. <laughs>